Hello and welcome to Diverse and Inclusive Leaders, the show where I interview the most inspirational and thought-provoking leaders of today and unearth their unique stories of diversity and inclusion to help inspire, educate and motivate others to make the world a better place. Today I'm very pleased to be joined by Tally Shalomo. Now Tally is the Head of Inclusion and Wellbeing at Shearman and Sterling LLP. This is an elite and award-winning global law firm uh, working cross-functionally, cross-borders with significant revenue and turnovers. Now, Tally has brought thought leadership influencing skills uh, of hers to be able to support organizations when it comes to evolving their inclusion and diversity cultures across the board within insurance, financial services and other financial sectors. Uh, Fatali is very much about promoting and advocating the, the, the real case for diversity and inclusion and belonging and why it's so important to really curate a very strong well-being and workplace culture. Welcome to the show Tally. Thank you, pleasure to be here, thank you for the invitation. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, by way of a, a summary for our listeners who are tuning in, who perhaps don't know you as well as I do, I wonder whether you could give us a synopsis uh, on, uh, on your career, how you came to be where you are today, and also some of the key projects and the things that you are particularly passionate about when it comes to D and I and B. Great, thank you. So let's kind of start from why I'm passionate. For me, everything about diversity, inclusion, and belonging, uh, and well-being is about talent. You know, I always describe it as unlocking talent uh, to bring our whole best self to the workplace. And what better way to do that than creating a workplace culture we can, where we can bring our whole self to work, where we can feel very comfortable, where we can feel safe, and where our talent can either be unlocked or harnessed and we thrive. And so how did I kind of really start my career? Well, like many, I won't kind of say my age, but many from my generation left university, really didn't know what I was going to do and just fell into HR. And my career has always evolved within the HR profession and most recently as an HR director and encompassing diverse inclusion. So my, my passion for diverse inclusion and well-being has always been there. I was implementing strategies and initiatives 15 years ago before it became mainstream, before we even really said the word diversity inclusion in the workplace or, be, or well-being. And I found ways to implement and to really bring colleagues within the business so that they can strive to be the best and that we can create the environments. And for me, the most rewarding part is when I see colleagues thrive where I see colleagues break through those glass ceilings and achieve what they're looking to achieve while supporting the business to grow and prosper and achieve our strategic objectives there's nothing more rewarding than seeing a flower blossom it is the same concept within the work environment Absolutely. And I love the way you describe that there as a flower blossoming, because I absolutely concur that it is very much about supporting talent with which to thrive and ultimately make sure those strategic objectives of the organization are achieved. So doing good um, and feeling good whilst also being business focused. And I wonder, Tally, whether you can give some, some key examples from your, your 15 years plus experience of some of the things that have worked the best in terms of implementing these key pieces that actually equal engagement and equal people achieving those objectives that you mentioned keep it simple 
simple works really well you know no one wants something that's complex so it could be anything from starting with the hr processes are the processes simple are they inclusive take recruitment is the recruitment process inclusive is it fair is it equitable training are the learning and development opportunities equal and fair are they open to everyone and more importantly do we allocate stretch tasks to everyone is it mainly people who are extroverts or is it some people who might be introverts and may have some amazing skills and talent and what i found fascinating with the covid situation that we're all experiencing i'm sure there have been some flowers that have blossomed in the workplace through this environment and they are the flowers that you may not have identified in your succession and contingency planning or your talent pipeline they might have been three four layers down the hierarchy or three four layers down the floor of your building and you may never have seen them or heard them or may have never known them and here they are blossoming because they have just now come out and they've delivered some amazing things to really the show on the road and so what's really amazing is do we have these initiatives that are simple and inclusive? And I'd also add to that is workplace culture. So if we start to really explore what is culture, culture is all about behaviours and it's the micro behaviours. So when we are in team meeting, do we create a platform where everyone in that room has a voice and everyone in that room is able to contribute and ask a question? And it's creating that come back to that safe environment where I feel I'm able to bring my whole self to work and really support the business whilst I'm thriving and growing. Mm -hmm. And I, I love how you describe things here, you know, where you're talking a lot about flowers blossoming and actually, you know, and I would agree to a degree, I think it has somewhat in some instances leveled the playing field, given that we're now in a digital environment that actually people have got the chance to speak. But for those, and again, this is not myself, but I'm saying for those um, who would be, and I hear this, critical of HR and DNI being fluffy and all about pink flowers and, and kind of everything like this, which absolutely is. And again, it's great that you, you kind of describe with such passion, uh, you know, how these are like flowers blossoming. But, you know, for those that are kind of like, oh, this is very pink, this is very, very fluffy, this is very kind of blue sky thinking, for the actual nuts and bolts of, of things that sit behind, you know, anything which could be deemed as pink and fluffy, you know, what are some of the key pieces and the key, you know, the key implementation factors that we can really utilize to push forward the agenda without this being perceived by say the wider board and perhaps other more cynical individuals that this is not just a pink and fluffy situation this has got real business gravitas behind it so first of all diversity inclusion well-being and belonging is everyone's agenda it should sit on everyone's objective it is not an hr or a dni initiative it's from the boardroom right across the, the organization. It, is, it should be the DNA. It should be that golden thread that we pull and we come together. It is the common purpose for the organization to strive towards and be its best. And so if we talk about some examples of where we can demonstrate and illustrate this is not just a HR, DNI, or one department or one cohort, take the gender pay gap, take the ethnicity pay gap. There's lots of discussion now about the disability pay gap. Those are just examples of where the business really needs to come together. 
we can also look from now from the situation that we're living through at the moment when we bring diverse thinking and when we talk about cognitive inclusion the power of that is that we get to see different perspectives we get to experience different solutions we get to have contributions from a different cohort of colleagues and they all bring something different and it's really important to remember within that that as an individual we have layers we're not i'm not just a woman i'm a woman of a certain age i'm a woman who identifies from a certain ethnicity and so with those layers come different experiences and the contribution that we can all make around the boardroom, around the virtual Zoom meetings that we're currently having, and therefore the value that it brings. Sometimes we may not have the right answers or solutions, but the opportunity to raise our questions, to raise solutions and to raise ideas are fundamental. And we can see from the McKinsey report, we can see from the Deloitte's report, there is so much evidence there from the last 15 years that when you have diverse thinking, when you do really bring your whole self to work, the impact on revenue, the impact on innovation, the impact on being creative, the impact on an engagement of your colleagues in the business and the organization increases. And what's amazing is that we're now having these conversations and what I'd like now to do is the conversations move into actions and move into tangible results. And we're starting to see that. Where I'm seeing the conversations and the, the initiatives now continue to evolve is into inclusive workplace cultures and the behaviors that we all have responsibility to lead on and take accountability for. And what is also really exciting for me is that well-being is now part of that story and narrative. Well-being is truly part of the conversation that is now sitting in the boardroom and it's taken COVID for well-being to sit on the boardroom table as part of the agenda. And this is so fundamental because when we look at mental health, we know one in four will experience a mental health, poor mental health in their lifetime. So I always encourage everyone, I invite people to look around the room when they're together, one in four. And so if there's one in four that's experiencing a mental health, poor mental health in their lifetime, that could be whilst they are working with you in your organisation. And it could be that they're, if they're in infrastructure support and encourage those colleagues we could be more resource, resourceful. That impacts the business strategy to deliver its objectives. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you mentioned there that you're very pleased because I know that you're very, very passionate about uh, about well-being. And and it, it was great to hear from you previously, uh, you know, on a on a form, former virtual webinar with regards to your passion for for well-being. Um, but it does sadden me in a way when you say there your observation is that it's taken up until now with COVID for this to happen. Why do you think that is? So well-being is one of those areas that it, it does can be quite, there's a lot that we could cover. We could talk about emotional well-being, we could talk about financial well-being, we could talk about mental well-being, we could talk about physical well-being. And it's not to say that many organizations, and I know no many, including my previous organization, including my current interim role that I'm where I'm at, 
we are all doing some amazing initiatives to support the well-being of our colleagues. And as I've described them, it could be financial well-being, it could be emotional, it could be physical, it could be mental. What I'm currently seeing, and it links back to um, inclusive workplace cultures, is leading with compassion. Mm. When we lead with compassion and kindness, the well-being agenda and strategy takes a whole new meaning. And I'll use the analogy of a butterfly that, you know, we start to transform we start to evolve. So all the well-being strategies that we had in place were really about initiatives that were helping people, colleagues, once we, they were identified experiencing a well-being moment in their lifetime. What I'm now looking for is organizations to start implementing strategies preventative. Mm-hmm. But it's not only the support when they come out it's how do we prevent? And, and not only so when you mix the how do we prevent to how do we support, prevention and cure and support mechanism is when you combine all of those into a strategic alliance against the, the board, uh, strategic organizational strategic with purpose and kindness and compassion, it starts to bring inclusive leadership and inclusive workplace cultures into a much more tangible piece for everyone across the business. I think compassion is absolutely key and certainly emotional intelligence. One would argue uh, that uh, the business right now, you know, to a degree is very much about intelligence, but the future of business perhaps, you know, and I very much hope this will be the case, is, is very much about the heart. And by the heart, um, you know, I mean, the number of the pieces there you're talking about, compassion, emotional intelligence, having, you know, kind of to a degree humility, um, but also being able to actually have the vulnerability and the braveness to actually share those stories. Because I think is, and what you're saying there, is look you know it has taken till covid now where actually we are to a degree feeling that we're all in the same boat um you know we are all albeit suffering in many different ways the mental that you know mental health and, and the mind is, is significantly impacted and so actually it has almost brought to the forefront the fact that we should share these stories and the fact that leaders hopefully now more than ever before are realizing hang on a minute uh you know this is a time where we must and we must be responsible for sharing our personal stories because firstly if not now then when and also um you know very very difficult to start looking i suppose at these preventative and future cures as you say if you're not speaking out enough about this and and allowing people to actually engage and voicing their personal experiences can you imagine if you absolutely first of all absolutely Leila and can you imagine if an organization invests in their well-being strategy as they do in all their other strategies what we what we would find is more engaged colleagues what we would find is that we're spending less on sick pay what we would find is we're paying less on counseling what we would find is actually our colleagues are really bringing their whole self to work and very comfortable with that because we can show up with our emotions and it's we have the safety and the permission to show up with our emotions and that leads to the vulnerability that you kind of mentioned We've seen in the last few months the vulnerability of leaders and it would be wonderful if we can continue leading with vulnerability, compassion, empathy, so that our colleagues across the feel comfortable when do we do return to some 
normal way of working, which will never be normal, but a different way of working. I think there's an opportunity for us to really now bring in some human touch to how we lead to our inclusive workplace culture and really bring DNI to the forefront as your common thread. It's that glue that brings the organization together. And not losing sight of what you mentioned earlier on. You know, if we really do bring DNI and well-being as a core, as part of the strategic objective and the purpose for an organization, what we will find is that the organization will thrive. And we can see it from the McKinsey report, from the Deloitte's report, so much research. But we also know we tend to unlock the discretionary effort of our colleagues by 30% if we can show up as who we are. And that 30% number that you mentioned there is, is, is absolutely key. I mean, 30% for many different things, whether it be, uh, you know, you're in a minority, if there is, uh, you know, technically speaking, 30% or, uh, or more, uh, that percentage feels that they can voice their opinion anything less than that it's very hard to bring it to the table and the other very interesting piece which, which, which I, you know, I think it was McKinsey actually who, who perhaps mentioned it but very interesting statistic that if you are in a minority whichever minority that may be whether it be gender race or whether it be that you're suffering from mental health as many people are at the moment is you spend that amount of time actually trying to fit in. Therefore, 30% of your time is spent trying to fit in. That's pure wasted energy. So if you look at it in you know, manufacturing terms or whatever, and it's like a mathematical equation, that amount of effort, energy, productivity, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, is ultimately being lost, thrown away, by the wayside and not actually be funneled, not being funneled into pure productivity and what comes out at the end of, of the manufacturing line, in essence. Yeah, I'm also a career coach, so I can see with my clients where I'm coaching them is it's, it's uh, in one of the most rewarding work that I do uh, because it comes back to unlocking talent. And what I find is, and so all the coaching that I do is with an inclusive, Inclusion, inclusion lens um, so gender or people who identify with ethnicity LBGT and so forth and what I'm finding is that the what I the language I talk about is being fruitful and being more resourceful and it's how you've just described in in productivity so when we don't bring our whole self or we don't have the opportunity to bring our whole self to work and we don't have an opportunity to have a voice and contribute and for it's okay to contribute, or we find that our confidence has been knocked, the impact is we end up spending more time worrying. We spend more energy thinking about it. We spend more time procrastinating. We spend more time um, working out how to have a conversation. And if we just shifted and reframed some of those conversations that enabled us, and I come back to what I mentioned, to bring my whole self to work authentically in an environment, how fruitful and resourceful would we be and magnified by the number of people in your organization and then multiply that by the number of people that you connect with, your clients, your stakeholders, 
it is a phenomenal impact that it can have. I absolutely concur. I absolutely concur. And before we run out of time, Telly, I'd love to ask you a couple of lightning round questions, if that's okay. And I'm going to give you about 30 seconds, maybe a little bit more, because it's you, to answer each of each of the next questions. Um, first and foremost, I wonder what would be your top tip? And, you know, let's say this is from a coaching perspective. Someone who's struggling in confidence at the moment, they're struggling to have a voice. What would you say to them? There, in your organisation, there will be your manager, there will be network groups. Find, find someone that you can raise and ask for support on how you can raise with the people around you how you can contribute and how you can support the organisation. And what would you say your biggest learning lesson from, from your career has been to date? Oh, there's always lots of lessons because I also like to invest in my own learning and development. I'd say network. Um, the lessons I've had is network because what it does is it opens the mind. Um, it, you really do learn different perspectives. It, it really encapsulates DNI. It's, it brings different people together, different conversations together to life. Thank you ever so much, Tale. And uh, it's, you know, it's, been a, it's been a pleasure speaking with you, as it always is, to, to hear your perspective and your, your abundance of charisma and positivity to boot as well. So thank you very much for being here today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Tally. By way of summary, for those who are listening in, please do feel free to, to reach out to, to Tally. She's on LinkedIn. Uh, you can check all the show notes out at, uh, at our, our homepage. Support one another. And as, as Tally says, you know, we must not put inclusion right now on the back burner. Now is the most important time than ever before to, to do this. Leverage the fact that mental health now is at the top of the agenda. Um, and that does sound quite, quite mercenary to a degree, but I think it's absolutely true. Uh, we are all suffering. We are all in this boat together. We must try and look at the positives where we can. Uh, if it hasn't been at the top of the agenda within the organization that you are working for at the moment, I think now is an absolutely a perfect time to really drive that to the forefront, as Tally says. My name is Leila McKenzie-Dallas and you've been listening to the Diverse and Inclusive Leaders podcast show. We're with you every week. We're here twice a week at the moment to support you during unprecedented times. Do stay in touch with us and check out podcasts and all of the updates online at www.darglobal.org forward slash podcast. See you again very, very soon.